It's Tuesday, November 1st, 2022, and this is Talk Commerce. In interviews with homeowners, 25% say they bought their home first for an investment and second for a place to live. The other 75% say they bought a house simply as a place to live with little expectations for investment, for the future, or for anything else. Nicole Hamilton has made a career of helping others with their home ownership. She explains the REIF in detail, a real estate asset and financing evaluation. It is about maximizing your returns that you get from your real estate investments. Her tip for this episode is to think twice before you refinance your house. If you refinance with less than half the time on your mortgage, you start over with interest payments and double up. It may not be worth it. Remember to do your calculations. Talk Commerce is sponsored by Haifa, or as the Europeans say, Hufa, or the right way to say it. Hufa is rapidly becoming the biggest Magento front end after Luma. For those who don't know it, Luma is the basic theme that comes with Magento, and it is giantly slow. If you're looking for a template-based front-end with the fastest loading times in the e-commerce industry while saving costs on development time and hosting infrastructure, Hufa is your best option. Everybody loves a fast site, including Google. Improve your Google ranking and conversion rates and make your customers happy. Learn more at hyva.io. That's hyva.io. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Nicole Hamilton. She is the CEO of Homeownering. Nicole, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us your day-to-day role and one of your passions in life. Okay. It's great to be here, Brent. I'm an entrepreneur in the housing industry. I have a company called Homeownery. It's very pro-home ownership and treating your real estate with the same care that you do your other investments. I've had other companies in the sector. I'd say the common thread through all of my ventures is an obsession with real estate finance. Um, mortgages, home equity, appreciation, home as an investment, home ownership and intergenerational wealth. My current company, Homeownering, is dedicated to getting people into home ownership and then getting them good financial outcomes. So it spans the, the life cycle of home ownership from buying, utilizing and improving your financial situation through home ownership and then selling. Awesome. And my passion I guess one of my passions right now is weightlifting. <laughs> really into it. Well, that's great. Yeah, I definitely need to get more into weightlifting. As I'm getting older, I realize that my upper body, I run every day, but my upper body is definitely neglected, especially over time. And it, I think as we get into our 50s, which I am, you're, it's harder to gain muscle on your upper body, so you have to work twice as hard as if we were in our 20s. Anyways, we can, we'll keep moving out along there. But that's awesome. That's good to know. I've heard more and more people talking about that. Yeah. All right. So before we jump into our content, I have a thing called the Free Joke Project. Hashtag Free Joke, and I'm just going to tell you a joke, and all you have to do is tell me if it should be free or if we could charge for it. 
Do I have to laugh? You do not have to laugh. I would appreciate <laughs> real real feedback on it. All right. But they're all fantastic jokes. All right, okay, ready? Shoot. My doctor just diagnosed me with a severe lack of awareness. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> all right, super. <laughs> Thank you. I actually love another passion of mine, actually, is stand-up comedy. Oh, wow. All right. I will listen to any stand-up comedy. Yeah. I'm interested in the Free Joke Project, and I hope to follow that hashtag and learn more. Yes, I've started publishing them on Twitter, or not on TikTok. Sorry. Sometimes they're on Twitter, but they're all on TikTok, on my Brent W. Peterson TikTok cool. channel. Anyway, free, like hashtag free joke project. Great. So, Nicole, homeowner, I'm, I'm also a homeowner and always interested in the subject. Tell us about how you got into it and what was your journey getting there. Yeah, I guess the way I got there was earlier in my career as a science major, and then I went into technology. And then I got very interested in how technology can make people's lives better. I know sometimes it makes people's lives worse, but I know that for me it was how can I apply this to really helping people. And then the recession, the 2008 housing crisis hit, and I really wanted to help solve a problem, the problem being that a lot of people got loans that they couldn't necessarily understand were afford, and that caused a lot of foreclosures and immense pain for economic pain for many millions of Americans. And so I started a company called Tactile Finance, Tactile Finance, pronunciating it. And that was a sort of visualization product for banks to use with their clients or nonprofits to use with their clients. And it just provided transparency into the market. And that's where I got super into the math and the and the consumer need and the consumer approach to housing finance. So it's been about a 12 12 year journey to where I am now, which I would say I wound that company down in 2015 16 2016 um and it ran its course, and I realized that I really wanted to focus on the consumer, not the inter-B2B business, but focusing on the consumer and the consumer needs. And so I think that journey just gave me a lot of insight. I understand the a more sophisticated picture. I understand the bank's motivation. I understand the role of the nonprofits. I understand the mortgage industry as a whole. And then I guess one of my superpowers is to take really complicated information and make it digestible for people and an enzyme. So that's where my real passion for homeownering came, which is there's all this sophisticated knowledge out there, but like people can, regular people like you and me can use it to better their situation and understand the complicated aspects of owning a home, selling a home equity and things like that actually make an enormous impact on your ultimate net worth. Yeah, I think you, so going back, starting with people with on their first home, how do you help them past rent and getting into their first home? What Do you have a well, formula or do you, yeah, go that's ahead. That's an sorry. excellent question, Brent. <laughs> so I actually have a product, it's called The Formula. And it's on our website, and it's like $20. It's very inexpensive. And it's a system which basically gives you 
the ability to see all the different, it's all the different criteria to be a homeowner. So there's a lot of different known loans and qualifications to get a loan. And it lets you see where you are in relation to those criteria now, and then plot your way to the quickest, most effective path to being a homeowner. So I'll just give you an example. If you're refinancing a house or buying a house, the lo what the loan officer is doing in the background is they're trying to fit you in this formula. It's called a DTI, debt to income ratio. And that's a blah, 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 gobbledygook language. But ultimately they're taking all the aspects of your financial picture and they're trying to fit it into a way in which the bank will say, Brent, you can get this mortgage. But all of that is very opaque to a home buyer. And what this does is it just gives you that information so that you can see exactly what criteria they're using. And there's ways that you can adjust your goals. If your income is too low and your debt is too high, then the house that you can qualify for is going to be lower, right? So it's this formula that you can massage and say, okay, over 12 months, if I can reduce my debt by X, and let's say I pick a house price of 350000 then I can get to that goal. That's an achievable goal for me. Whereas if you don't have that information, you're just like, oh no, poor me, I can't afford a home. So it's just empowering people. A lot of people get left out of the housing, out of the home, out of home ownership because they lose faith and they don't know how they're going to get from point A to point B. Real issue is that how being a homeowner is, is a known wealth builder, especially for the middle class. And letting more people get into homeownership is incredibly important. A lot of public policies are designed around that. So it's just like way to distill this information down, create a plan for yourself and be able to actually see how you can get to that goal. So that's one of the things that kind of came out of all this work that I've done in the last 12 years. It's how to make information that's known in the industry known by other people so it can empower them. Do you feel as though now well, home ownership got more difficult after 2008 and are banks getting better at helping people to get into home ownership now compared to right after the crash, the home crash? I think what the crash did is it changed a lot of laws, like the Dodd-Frank laws. It made lending safer. It made it, it made a lot of good things happen in the industry that prevent consumers from being taken advantage of. So that I think was a net positive for everyone, including the banks in a lot of ways. It made lending safer. Also, we know that we've been through very, up until recently, a very peer, a period of historically low interest rate. We're not in that right now. Hopefully we will be again sometime. Yeah. Uh, so obviously that made it easier for people to purchase homes. And it also drove home prices up too with demand and everything like that. I think uh, my first home was in the 90s and it was, uh, I think we got an arm 
or a yeah. five-year fix with an arm mm-hmm. after, something like that. Yeah. And at the time, it was like 9% interest or something like that. But with the arm, it brought it down or something. I don't know. Do you have a, a for me to help people through that? Because I know like my friends in England where every mortgage is an arm, and now yes. they've said their payments have doubled all of a sudden because of that adjustable rate. Yes. So arms are – I had an arm – it's arms. A lot of mortgage people actually get arms, seven-year arms and things like that, because the interest rate is low in the beginning. But it's contingent upon the idea that you're going to be able to refinance out of that into a better rate. So it's a, it's a, so there, there's some risk in that that you just really need to know what it is. And I actually made a video. It's on my website, but it explains exactly what an arm is. It doesn't have a lot of viewers because a lot of people <laughs> don't know, don't necessarily want to follow through the whole five minutes. But I do have a video about product, a product review of a shop fact that, that hit 35,000 views. But the arm video is not as popular as the <laughs> shop fact video. <laughs> yeah, I have some Jack Russell videos that are far more popular than any videos that I can post on YouTube. So I think it is funny what people tend to watch. All right. So back to finance. If so, uh, one of the hard parts as an entrepreneur is getting a mortgage. One of the easy parts before 2008 as an entrepreneur was a stated income mortgage, which they don't do anymore. How do you have, do you have specific help for self-employed people as they're trying to get a mortgage and Maybe is there a certain amount of time that you have to either show a W-2 or show your tax returns to a bank? Yeah, so there's rules for, so there's, yeah, there's rules for mortgages. Usually the rule is for W-2s is you have to show two years of your income. And it's two years is really a rule too for business income. So a lot of banks will have you submit structure your business is if you're if you're an LLC or whatever, then you submit that income to them if you're not getting a paycheck, if you're taking a draw from the company. So there's different ways to do it, but you touched on a really important thing, which is that for entrepreneurs, it can be difficult if you're in any of these categories, or let's say an Uber driver, you're getting income from all these different places and you don't have a W-2, There are formulas that banks use to assess what your income is. So it doesn't mean that you can't get a loan. But in business, the one thing about income is that they want to see that it's going up. So if you have a year that, you know, so that can be a factor, right? If you have a, if you have 2021 was a good year and 2022 is a bad year, but 2023 is going to be a better year, there's some ease of getting a loan if you're showing that your business is improving. And there's also, there's always leeway too with in the these areas where you have to interpret whether something is improving or not improving. There's always, you can ask for the manager above the loan officer to take a look at it and see if, if you can submit more documentation or provide more information about the industry that you're in. I know that during the recession, sorry, the pandemic, restaurants, restaurant owners weren't a great bet, right? So there's some industries that really suffer from declines 
if you're getting business income from that. But there's ways that you can, the more you know about it, the more you can help yourself, just like anything else. Yeah, especially I think as an entrepreneur, that's the hardest part is maybe, and I think it's even harder as a young entrepreneur. So, if, so let's just say you're in your 20s, you've started a business and you're trying to navigate that process of your first purchase because you don't have a W-2. Is it better to go to a big bank or a small bank as a as a new home buyer or as an entrepreneur? Does well, it matter? I think it's great to really go to a, a lot of different types. So I always recommend that people also put a mortgage broker in the mix because mm. they have access to many different types of loans. If you go to a bank, they'll have their own products. But if you go to a broker, they'll be able to search more broadly and find banks that are more suitable for your particular situation. So it's just good like anything else to shop around. Do you ever talk to people about maybe a set or investment home or a second home or somebody that's buying yes. a home just for Airbnb? So one of the things that homeowning does, which I got into lately, which I think is a really important aspect of investment finance, which is neglected by wealth managers for the most part, is analyzing properties for their long-term investment potential. So in the case of if you're someone who's not getting a mortgage just to get the lowest monthly rate, which is most of us, right? We don't want to spend a penny more than we need to on our housing because we have a lot of other expenses. But for a lot of people, they do have a little discretion in how they structure their financing. And you can structure it in a way that gives you a better return based on your goals, on your investment goals. So one of the things that we offer is, a, they call it the REIF, which is a real estate analysis. It's like a financial analysis. So in that case, you're looking at your current houses, if you have more than one or just one, what the financing is, what your overall goals are, and then coming up with different scenarios that could maximize your the goal that you're looking for, whether it's putting more money in play, whether it's reducing all your expenses, whether it's looking to buy a second home, whether it's looking to buy a home for rental purposes, things like that. It's a financial investment analysis. And I think too few people go through those steps to understand their real estate as an investment. And if you consider how much we all spend on our housing, <laughs> really do. And doing little tweaks, like taking a second look at that HELOC that you have, is there a better way to structure it so that you're spending less money? What is the interest rate that you're on? When does it adjust? Taking a more watchful eye to these major expenses that you have. And a lot of people don't know that they have options. So that's a really big focus of homeownering right now. Yeah, I think you brought up a really good point about your financial advisor. And it's been my experience that a lot of financial advisors don't look at rental property as a valid investment. They think some, probably, some do. I'm not going to, I shouldn't generalize so much, but a lot of them would say you put your money in bonds or stocks or and property sometimes, or a property, maybe a real estate fund might be something they would recommend, but buying a rental property and then trying to manage it 
is sometimes out of their purview. Maybe it's more common for entrepreneurs to buy do something like that, but maybe just a quick comment on that. Do you feel as that's... Yeah, I think that wealth managers and investment managers, they know their domain very well. And if you think about, there's a lot to consider already in their domain. They're not really necessarily trained or equipped to do something in the real estate realm because real estate investment is itself a large domain. There's a lot of math and a lot of considerations, tax considerations, all kinds of things, liability considerations with real estate investment that is that I don't know that you could expect someone to also be an expert in. It's a different kind of thing. I have a a good friend, Roger Brown, who wrote a book called, and I wish I had it here. He's a great guy. It's called Real Estate Investment Math or something like that. Roger (laughs) Brown. I'll put it, do some research and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, no, he's an amazing mathematician. And so I, I learned a lot from him. He did a lot of work with me over the years, validating the math that I was doing, helping me make sure that it was solid. And so I learned a lot about real estate investment from him. And I just know that I've read his book. It's very interesting, but it's it's something, if you're going to get into that field, um, I just don't think that an investment wealth manager is the right person to maybe help you with that. Yeah, and I guess I never thought about there's probably there probably are wealth managers that are focused more on the real estate side rather than the just straight up investment side. That's an interesting I, that's an interesting take on things. Yeah. How about what about recommending if somebody were to buy a, an apartment just paying cash for it? Is there ever a good time to do that? Right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think right now if you're a cash buyer. And you can imagine if the Fed is trying to slow the economy down and and we know that rates are going up and mortgage rates aren't tied to that specifically, but they have definitely the, a lot of relationship to the cost of money being lent. So, you know, right now you would expect real estate prices to decrease as it's harder for people to buy homes in this high interest rate environment or high mortgage rate environment. If you're a cash buyer, you're, this is your time. <laughs> this is your sweet spot because you can, if prices are declining and you're competing against people who have to get a mortgage and you don't need a mortgage, then, you know, it's your time. Yeah, good. Nicole, we have a few minutes left and it always goes by so fast. If if you have uh, one little piece of advice that you could give somebody, what, what would that be to get into the housing market right now? I think that you should, if you want to be a homeowner and homeownership is for you, you should make it a goal and don't give up on it because it does have a lot of potential to improve your financial situation. But at the same time, Obviously, you want to know what you're getting into. Yeah, I, mean, I like that. I like that concept because if you never set a goal, you'll never achieve it. Exactly, it's true for everything in life, isn't it, Brett? Yeah, that's really that's a really good way to look at it. So, Nicole, as we close out the podcast, to give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug, what would you like to plug today? I have a newsletter. It has a lot of subscribers. You can go to my site, homeownering.com/slash/newsletter. You can sign up. 
And also take a peek at the site. There is the formula, which is for people who want to be aspiring homeowners. And there is what we call the reef, which is financial analysis for getting better returns on your on the money you spend on homeownership. That's so that great. Really, three plugs. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. You had to sit through my joke. No, I, you love, could get I want to hear more of your jokes. Okay. <laughs> you could get extra plugs because of the bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> the free joke. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been such a pleasure and just so many more things we could talk about on this subject. Yes. Thank you for having me. Wonderful to be here with you today. Thank you. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the free joke project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.